seven favorites crashed down to turf, exploding into flames in week nine of the NFL season, including two that were picked to win by more than 10 points. Now, these next two teams, they weren't picked to win by 10 points, but the Denver Broncos and the Jacksonville Jaguars, they were both double-digit underdogs going into the Sunday of week nine, and each of them caused a complete upheaval of the complete wagering space with their wins. Was this past week an aberration, or should teams that have firmly led the first half of the 2021 season be concerned? Let's get into this, as well as a few additional items of interest in the Bunker's Quick Hits for the NFL's Week 9. The surprising AFC has turned out to be a must-watch rumble every week, whether divisional matchups or against NFC opponents, led by the surprising Tennessee Titans and Pulling up the rear of that leading group is also the surprising New England Patriots. But I think with the Buffalo Bills, the Baltimore Ravens, and the the Chargers, the LA Chargers, I think they're all in the middle of their fighting for position just behind the Titans. The mid-season stretches of their certain type of smash-mouth football has been the calling card of the AFC this season so far. In particular, the matchup between division opponents in the AFC North and the AFC West will be the most highly anticipated games in the coming weeks and and leading into the remainder of the season, I believe, in all of the NFL. In the AFC North, you'll have the Browns versus the Steelers, Steelers versus the Ravens, uh, and the Ravens versus the Bengals, and in the West, you'll have the Raiders versus the Chiefs, Chiefs versus the Chargers, and the Chargers versus the Raiders, and it just keeps going on and on. But although Buffalo had the best odds to be the AFC representative in the Super Bowl before Sunday's loss to the Jaguars. The remaining matchups and storylines throughout the end of this coming of this season are incredible. And since the AFC has been at such a high level and you just never know what to expect from so evenly matched teams across the board, it's fun to watch. So I think over the next several weeks, there's going to be there are going to be tons and tons of matchups that I think are going to drive the way the wagering opportunities. And I actually think that those are going to be the best bets outside of some of the NFC West games. A lot more to come. Over the past few decades, there have been numerous scientific experiments that seek to find why dog owners tend to choose dogs that look just like them. Through numerous trials, researchers have found that I'd say a little more than 74% of the time, the participants were able to correctly match the dogs and owners simply from seeing only the eyes of both the dogs and their owners. The eyes have it. So this reminds me of Mike Vrabel. So hang tight here. And his Tennessee Titans. So Vrabel was a hard nosed, a very tough dude, three-time Super Bowl winning, all, all pro defensive player when he was in the NFL. Anything his team needed from him, he seemed to dive in without a care. I loved watching the guy play back then. And even back in 2005, Vrabel actually became the first player to have two touchdown catches and a sack in the very same NFL game. Now, as the coach of the Tennessee Titans, Vrabel seems to get his team to buy into the exact same attitude of toughness and the do-whatever-needs-to-be-done attitude for the team that he exemplified as a player. The Tennessee Titans have taken the NFL by storm this season by quietly steamrolling their opponents on their way to sole possession of first place in all of the AFC. I find it interesting that the Tennessee Titans are, are rarely mentioned as the AFC's leading team. And I'm not talking about record, just the leading team. And because going into their matchup against the stat machine that is the LA Rams on Sunday of week nine, the Titans had already carved out a win against AFC favorites 
the Chiefs and the Bills. Now the Titans can add the LA Rams to that growing list of dominated opponents. The Titans simply dominated the Rams on the Rams home field uh, 28-16. And it wasn't even as close as the score uh, suggests. Despite the loss of Derrick Henry the week before, the Titans seem to have taken the tone that their three-time Super Bowl winning former All-Pro defensive hard-nosed coach Mike Vrabel lived by as a player. Gritty, hard-nosed, and do-whatever-it-takes attitude. The Titans have now proven that they are the team that is built in numerous ways, a team that's simply built to win a championship. I think it's time to put the Titans at the top of the list of a handful of contenders for entry into the Super Bowl. The eyes have it. I often comment that too much hype by sports media and fanatical fans tend to facilitate all too often chaotic conversations and oftentimes possibly unintended negative outcomes. It's very interesting to see all of the panelists over the past week or so on all of the sports shows discussing the Jordan Love situation in Green Bay. And this is completely separate from all the discussions focusing on Aaron Rodgers and his COVID situation. I'm not dealing with that right now. When Aaron Rodgers was drafted by the Packers, he sat for three years behind the great Brett Favre. But when Brett Favre was traded, Aaron Rodgers got his shot and we've all witnessed a Hall of Fame career unfold uh, ever since. I think Aaron Rodgers is incredible. But regarding Jordan Love, there seems to be a distinct difference in opinion between the panelists that do not actually have on-field experience when compared to the panelists that actually have a ton of on-field experience in the NFL. This is in no way diminishing anyone in sports broadcasting that may not have suited up for any field, uh, any, any team on, the, on a field of play. On the contrary, actually, I have lots of respect for those guys. And I actually often feel that a lot of the most interesting analysis about the world of sports tends to come from those that may not have played, but have incessantly studied all of the games they love for years and years and years. It brings something great and fresh to the game. But the, these specific panelists, although very informed, all seem to be really pushing hard on the Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers story as having the strong potential of being the, precur the precursor to what's about to take place with Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers. I don't think that's going to happen. But most, if not all of the former players on these panels seem to exhibit a much more measured approach. And in this particular situation, I definitely side with the former players. The chip on Aaron Rodgers' shoulder from his perception of being drafted later than he expected in the in the first round uh, back in 2006 or 7, that's the thing that's kind of driven Aaron Rodgers throughout his Hall of Fame career. And as much as I thoroughly enjoy watching him play, I also follow and pull for Jordan Love, even though he hasn't had a chance to showcase things yet. I've, I've pretty much followed Jordan Love ever since hearing of his story, his senior year at Utah State. His, I don't want to go into detail, but the family tragedy that, that drives Jordan Love is such a heartbreaking yet inspirational tale of how he's handled it that I can't help but to wish for all the success in the world to come Jordan Love's way. As much as I'm a huge sports fan, the irrational hype machine that is the sports media can oftentimes be irritating and also tends to lessen the entertainment value and trustworthiness of a lot of the sports media. Aaron Rodgers has that chip on his shoulder for a reason. Jordan Love, he's driven by something much bigger and in desperate need today, in my opinion. Love had a tough first outing, but I'm expecting that he'll outlast the negative hype machine 
in the years to come. Similar to the confusion and amusement of fans when 2021 World Champions Atlanta Braves pitcher Will Smith faced the LA Dodgers catcher Will Smith in the National League's Championship Series, on the Sunday that just passed of Week 9 in the NFL season, Josh Allen dominated Josh Allen in the Buffalo Bills game versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. But before we throw the typical accolades the way of the Buffalo Bills All-Pro quarterback, the Jacksonville Jaguars All-Pro linebacker, also named Josh Allen, dominated on the defensive side of the ball and had a lot to say about where the accolades should be directed. It's easy to see how the Josh Allen versus Josh Allen clash caused announcers and fans alike to often scratch their heads when attempting to figure out what was happening on the field. It went a little something like this. And, and the following is an actual transcript of what's, what took place in the game. Josh Allen sacked by Josh Allen. Josh Allen tackled by Josh Allen. Josh Allen intercepted by Josh Allen. And Josh Allen's fumble recovered by Josh Allen. All of this, all of this may seem a bit fun to follow, but in the mind of the Jaguars all-pro linebacker Josh Allen, there was zero confusion as to which of the Josh Allen's name should have been called all day during the celebrations on the field. Josh Allen, the linebacker, finished with eight tackles, one sack, two tackles for loss, an interception, and a fumble recovery as he led his Jaguars just to their second win of the season and definitely the biggest win for Urban Meyer and his team this season. Let's hope that it, out of this game, this can lead to a stronger end of the season for the Jaguars. They were having a tough time up until now. I wish them the best. Guys named Josh seem to make headlines all over the place in week nine of the NFL. And what I witnessed on the first game of the week on Thursday Night Football, when the Jets visited the Colts, was something incredibly inspiring to me. Unfortunately for the Jets, they're just having a tough time. They, they, just, they just can't seem to catch a break. But the week before the Jets started a backup quarterback by the name of Mike White for their injured number two pick, Zach Wilson. Mike White had an incredible game in his first outing. But then the very next week, Mike White was injured in the beginning of the game and the Jets were forced to insert their third string quarterback, a journeyman by the name of Josh Johnson. As a journeyman quarterback and a third stringer, those guys are rarely, if ever, able to perform reps with any of the starting team or even the second stringers throughout the week in practice. So it can oftentimes lead to disjointed play uh, anytime a third stringer is inserted into a game. Additionally, Josh Johnson is 35 years old and he's been on 13 NFL rosters as well as AFL and XFL rosters. I understand that 35 isn't as viewed as old as it used to be in the league, but that's typically thought of players that consistently play, not necessarily for a journeyman that's been on 13 different NFL rosters. But when his number was called, this guy calmly stepped up, completed 27 of 41 passes, 300 plus yards for three touchdowns. He had such a calm demeanor. It seemed to speak volumes for him as if he has always been there. I thoroughly enjoyed watching this guy play, the confidence he exuded. The team seemed to respond to that in kind as well. They were easily, there was an easily noticeable jump in energy by the Jets, even though they lost. Johnson, even after the game, walked throughout the locker room and made sure to shake hands with all the guys, all of his teammates thanking them, which was fantastic. The typical comments, often negative, were heard from a wide swath of analysts and commentators during and throughout and after the game. However, their comments didn't erase what I felt 
the importance of the moments I witnessed from Josh Johnson when he was thrown into the pit and expected to perform. I think Johnson's performance, combined with some of the talk from the naysayers, reminded me of a favorite quote of mine from Theodore Roosevelt, the 26th president. Hang in here for a sec, I love this. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasm, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. I know this is all a bit heavy-handed on my part, considering some may say that it's just a football game. I do agree with that in some part, but I also believe that two things can be true at the same time. And, and that story of Josh Johnson's perseverance is something to be shared and appreciated, definitely emulated, no matter our chosen path. I've heard that quarterback Mike White is feeling well enough to potentially return for the Jets this coming Sunday against their strongest division rival, the Buffalo Bills. Whether Josh Johnson plays again this season or ever, I appreciate the perseverance of his journey and I wish him well. Until next time.